Today I talk with Bas Bouters. Last April he and yours who launched their Dutch book about online influence and this was such a big hit that they are now launching the English version of their book together with nobody less than Robert Cialdini himself. In this episode we'll explore what makes this book different from the books and content that you already know from Cialdini, from BJ Fogg and Kahneman and how you can join their launch webinar and what Bas thinks about the Netflix series The Social Dilemma. My name is Gide Janssen and welcome to the Zero Cafe podcast, the award-winning podcast where I show you the behind the scenes of optimization teams and talk with their specialists about data and human-driven optimization. My goal with the Zero Cafe podcast is to spread a mindset of experimentation and validation and improve quality standards in digital marketing and hopefully make our lives much better in the process. You can be an enormous help reaching this goal by sharing this or any other episode with your colleagues. And if you're not subscribed yet, make sure you are by checking this in your podcast app. It really means a lot, so thank you for doing that. In case you missed the previous episode, last week I spoke with Emily Oliver, user experience and experimentation manager at Music Magpie and Declutter in the UK, and we spoke about optimization for consumer-to-consumer marketplaces. You can listen to the episodes on the ShiroKfeo website or in your podcast app that you're listening with right now. This episode of ShiroKfeo is again made possible by our lovely partners, Online Dialogue, SiteSpec, Online Influence Institute, Content Square, and Convert.com. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 42. Bas, welcome back to the show. And for the non-Dutchies amongst us that don't know who you are yet, uh, why are you the person writing this book? Why am I the person that writing this book? Um, my career started off um, in the online influence business. I had a company and it was in the kitchen industry and this grew to a very successful business which I could, so- could sell f- um, in 2016. And afterwards, I get in touch with Dr. Cialdini and I became one of his uh, 19 certified trainers in the world. And actually, last week, they said goodbye to a few trainers. So now there are only 14 certified trainers from him in the world, which I am, I am one of them. I'm also afterwards trained by BJ Fogg, the man who invented the term behavior design. So I think a combination of knowledge and practical proven applicability makes me the guy that, <laughs> that makes you the guy uh, but but to be fair you have a co- you have a co-writer for this book <laughs> it's not only yes. you uh so uh, yours uh, couldn't be here uh, today but uh, uh can you give us a short introduction of of yours uh, background yes yours of course just as important i am yours is a psychologist and he has a 20-year experience in applying proven behavioral science for better online results. And he did this for big brands like KLM, Coca-Cola, ING Bank, and many more. So he has a great track record and he has a, an amazing set of, of knowledge and skills. Yeah. So it's a great combination, uh, if I may, may uh, put it like that. So you're more the, the theory and yours yours is more the, the practical side, the practical experience? or I think we're both very practical and also have a theoretical foundation, only from a different perspective. Your, yours worked a lot for the bigger brands and set up campaigns, mm-hmm. and I was more like an entrepreneur made it happen in my own companies. And uh, now you're writing a book about online influence. I think you already had a, a, a nice quote for that, but uh, as, as many people might think, okay, but don't we already have books on 
<laughs> on online influence. So uh, why would we need another book? And um, uh, maybe let's start off with with the quote you uh, you got uh, as a result of the previous podcast uh, that we did. Someone being 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 skeptical skeptical about this. Yeah, that's a great story. I got a LinkedIn message. Um, a week ago from uh, a CRO specialist from Allianz. And um, he sent me a, a really cool case they did. So I, I reached out to him and uh, we spoke on the phone and he told me, I listened to your podcast, Kido. So it's 100% fair. You won this amazing award. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So again, my uh, congratulations. But he reached out with a really cool, uh, cool A-B test and... Um, so we start talking and he told me, I, he listened to your podcast and then he um, was quite skeptical. He thought, well, there are so many books and I read books from Kahneman and I read the books from Cialdini. What is, what is more out there? But because he's such a fan of the, of the field of work, he just ordered the book. And when he starts reading, he told me, he said, I was done completely. In one rush, I, I read through the book because it read really easy and it was new stuff. And um, the coolest part was when he came back to Allianz, they had a, a challenge to upgrade the number of reviews. So he directly applied our suggestions and the first A-B test, they was directly successful and he had an increase in reviews from 28.45%. So that, that's a nice story because I can get the skeptical side and what we wanted to do, we want not to Prove the science again. There's a lot of books out there who prove the science behind our behavior. So we come from a perspective. Yeah, we know the science out there. For people who never heard of the science, we shortly explain it. And then we make the statement, okay, assume this is the truth. Because this is not our good ideas. It's not the good ideas of people who wrote books about this. This is built on more than 100 years of research around the globe. Only we want to make it practical. And I think that's the big difference from our book. It's a complete practical guide how you can upgrade your online results yeah. based on the BJ Fogg model. And I think we are the first one in the world who use this model in a book and translate it to online and give the reader design principles for each of the axes of the B axis of the BJ Fogg model. So it, it, it contains BJ Fogg, it com contain, uh, contains a bit of uh, Cialdini, it contains a bit of uh, Kahneman, but you also try to apply this to a practical standpoint. So the intended audience seems to be a bit different than maybe those books are. Uh, as, uh, I mean, Cialdini wrote his first book, uh, was it 1982 or three? <laughs> uh, 1984. 84. <laughs> uh, it was a long time ago. Uh, there was no online. Uh, yeah. I assume a lot of those um, examples in the books that you have uh, in the English version are still also uh, applied to online. I mean, I haven't I haven't read the English yeah. version yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but you read the Dutch yeah. version, and it's a translation uh, with with a minor change in some examples because in the Dutch version we of course use some Dutch companies, yeah. which we change to more international yeah. companies. The theory and our advice stays the same. But who is your intended audience for this? Uh, it's, it's very practical. Is it like, is it uh, digital marketeers that the audience that the, the... I would say everybody who wants to increase their online results is our audience. Yeah. And that could be from an online marketeer who's really doing the work or a copywriter or a yeah. UX designer 
also a manager or even a chief marketing officer could be the audience. And from, from a perspective to guide their people or to be creative designing campaigns. So I would argue our book is fit for anybody who wants to increase their online results. It is mainly intended for online uh, users. Uh, would you say it's also... Does it mean it's not applicable <laughs> to offline, all the examples? Or would it also be just as, as well? It just happens to be very uh, uh, being applied to, to online. Really good question, Guido. And actually, I would say everybody could benefit from reading our book. Um, of course, we translate the theory to online. But if with a slight imagination, you could translate it to a sales conversation to to talking with your friends who you want to uh, persuade of believing something or doing something. So it's applicable all out your life, I would, would say. Only we translate the theory into online yeah. examples. But behavior design, behavioral science, and it's it's based on how our decisions and behaviors comes to life. So this does not only is applicable for online, this is just everywhere in our daily life. For over 10 years now, Online Dialogue advises about evidence-based conversion optimization with a focus on data and psychology. We see that analyzing data and recognizing customer behavior results in a better online dialogue with your clients and a higher ROI. The team of strategists, analysts, psychologists and UX specialists gathers valuable insights in the online behavior of your visitors and together with you they optimize the different elements of your CRO program through redesign, expert reviews, A-B tests and behavioral analysis. For more information about their services, go to onlinedialogue.com. It's funny how we now uh, say, okay, well, yeah, what happens online It's still... Uh, human behavior so we can also apply it offline while at the beginning of my career i had, had to explain the opposite i'm like <laughs> okay yeah, we, we we do all this yeah, offline yeah. but it also works online really <laughs> it's still yeah. human behavior yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how things can change really quickly right <laughs> exactly exactly so um yeah the the comment that uh, that stood out you just said um from alliance I, I read through it uh, in one go uh, I read a couple of reviews of the of the Dutch version of the book. Uh, I think that was a common common review that at least stood out for uh, for me because usually, well, those books are more like a a manual and, and saying, okay, oh, oh, currently I, I'm, I'm struggling with I don't know X Y Z campaign. Let's go into the book uh, uh, page uh, uh, three hundred. Oh, that's about uh, I don't know email campaigns. Uh, let's let's go through that practical yeah. uh, steps and then apply it. It doesn't necessarily. Those books usually don't just you don't start reading at the front and uh, uh, one day later you're at the back uh, finish the book. That's usually yeah. not what happens. So that that I think um, uh, really stands out already. Can you tell us a bit more? How, how did the first batch go in in uh, uh, for the Dutch version of the book? Yeah, in the Netherlands we we were super pleased with uh, with the launch. We were sold out with the first batch on pre-orders. So uh, the demand for the topic. Uh, was quite high and it was of course uh, great for us. And um, after our launch, we were 30 days the number one bestseller on the management book uh, bestseller yeah. list. So that was uh, was really successful launch. We were of course really pleased with. And and what I even more pleased was, of course, you want to sell the book, but 
what you want really want if you it, write it's a funny book, how we now make a difference uh, say, okay for somebody, what happens online and based still, on the reviews we got uh, human behavior so we can also apply really online while at the beginning they of my career it, I had they to could explain make the more success they could make their clients happier they could let their business grow so we got great comments and that really made made us really happy do you think uh, the whole pandemic situation uh, did it did it help your book or or did you see more people have time to read or something or i won't argue i'm pro covid but our topic <laughs> <laughs> our topic yeah i think it definitely helped us because suddenly everybody was doing things yeah. online big corporates who weren't used to working from distance uh, suddenly had to so the topic online influence was i think it couldn't be hotter than in another time frame than now exactly and and now an english version so wh why are you making an english version is it was it always the intention to do an english version or yes it was always our intention and uh, because my connection with uh, robert cialdini we spoke about it uh during we were writing the book in in dutch we all already translated it to english so cialdini took a look what we are writing and we collaborate on the book So it was always the intention to do it in English. Um, but of course, because of the success and the time period where we live now, we speeded up the yeah. launch. So actually we launched in April in Holland. So now six months later, yeah. we already have a complete translation with new examples and uh, ready to launch English version internationally. And as I understood, it's not going to be a quiet launch, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't hope so. <laughs> it will be quiet. No, we're going to do everything we can to make this a big celebration for us, but also for everybody who will join us at the webinar for the launch because we invited uh, Robert Cialdini and he was actually pleased to join us for the full one and a half hour. So uh, people get free access to Robert Cialdini, which is quite unusual, uh, yeah. of course. And he is open for questions from the audiences. He will tell a really cool story about himself, what most people don't know before he describes his six principles and later on the seventh principle of persuasion. He, he was undercover, actually, for more than three years, and he will set up this undercover story how he did it and what happened during this time so that thing that's a great story to listen to also he will share his favorite online influence example and he will share what his in his opinion is the best principle from his seven principles to use mm -hmm. online that's the cialdini part so he is fully on board which is great We will set out the highlights from our book and a minimum of 15 case study to inspire all the participants for their, their next marketing campaign. And we want to be out there. So we will be, uh, we will be live at the New York Times. We will be in The Economist. We will do a lot of uh, big campaigns. I just was talking to you and I said, uh, we will aim in our social targeting for uh, over 40 million views. So we hope uh, a lot of people will join us for this celebrative yeah, moment. Exactly. <laughs> And um, um, I mean, Cialdini joining, that's, uh, that's already unique. You don't see him uh, online uh, that much uh, for, especially not in a free, in a free webinar. 
do you do you actually know how much uh, Cialdini works for um, uh, online companies? How much time he's been asked to train them, or yeah? So I mean, usually his books and uh, well, his own undercover story. Uh, th- th- those are mostly based on on offline uh, uh, offline persuasive tactics, right? So ha- has he been working yeah. lately with a lot of online stuff? Do you know? Yes, I know. Actually, Ch- uh, Cialdini is revising his. Um book on influence and um, it's, it's asked by his publisher to do a last version and use more online uh, okay. influence examples. And actually, we returned the favor. Reciprocity worked. So <laughs> we, we gave him a lot of examples. Yeah. yeah. Also there, he asked our advice to get as much as examples as possible to use in his reverse revised version of influence i would like to know, know a bit more about uh, the the content of the the book itself uh what what can readers expect to learn from it uh assuming for example that that they already know about they've already read Childini's book they've already know about uh bj fox uh, model so what is the what's extra in the book besides the the practicality but what are the things that we're we're gonna learn yes i'm uh, happy to discuss i'm also happy you brought out this topic because my connection with Cialdini, sometimes people think, oh, they write a book and they put Cialdini's principle in an online code. That's not what mm-hmm. we've done. Of course, his principles are named in the book, but not the full seven, only four. So let me explain what's inside the book. As a foundation, we use the BJ Fogg behavioral model. I don't know if all listeners are familiar with the model, so I will quickly explain it. The model of BJ Fogg, explains how behavior comes to life. So he says behavior comes to life when people are in the same time motivated enough to do it. They have the ability. It's easy enough to do it. And there's a prompt at that same moment who asks for the desired behavior. If all these three factors are in the right balance, people will do a certain behavior. Marketing budgets have suffered and the share for A-B testing has been impacted too. If you want to keep testing to enterprise standards, but save 80% on your annual contract, you can consider Convert.com. With their summer release, you can take advantage of full-stack and hybrid features, strong privacy compliance, no blink, and enterprise-grade security. Feel good about your smart business decision. Invest what you save back in your zero program. Check out www.convert.com slash 2020. Yeah, BJ Fogg has his uh, behavioral formula for this, saying these these three things need to be in place, or in, at least uh, in a, in a high enough volume volume, they need to be uh, available before behavior occurs. And uh, we'll we'll we'll, sh- we'll get a uh, we'll add a link to the show notes uh, if you want to quickly look at uh, the the graph uh, for that. Yeah, that will that will be great. So that's our basic foundation, and then. We make decisions, so we explain that based on Kahneman's research, System 1, System 2. I won't deep dive too much because I think the most of your listeners are familiar with, with his work. I, I hope but, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, not, if not, again, no shame there. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes uh, explaining those uh, those theories too. Yes. So some show notes and what we've done, um, we make choices based on what they call psychology, heuristics, and biases. Um, and we have hundreds of heuristics and biases, which we often see 
uh, on web pages, then they say, oh, we have this heuristics and this biases. This is how you can use it online. There are blocks fully written, but it has no structure. So our structure is the FOG behavioral model. And we took the 37 principles that we know from our own practice are highly successful to upgrade your results. And we put them on this axis. I think the most unique, and I never saw any blog about this, is that we also described prompt techniques. We described several techniques to make the most efficient prompt. So the thing that asks for the behavior, yep. first of all, it needs to get attention. If people don't see your prompt, they will never do the behavior you ask. No, it's really simple. I mean, your, your website itself, it can be very user-friendly. Uh, it can be uh, persuasive as hell, but... If no one knows about yeah. your website, if they're not prompted to go there, no, no one's going to buy from you. A simple example. So if they're not prompted to go to your website, you will never get any conversion, of course. Exactly. And then you have the other side. If you over-prompt yeah. people... They usually, usually it's the other way around, right? I mean, uh, when I start uh, doing conversion optimization for a lot of companies, usually the traffic is not the issue. I mean, they're, they're buying a lot of traffic, but then people get stuck on the website. Either there's a lack of ability... <laughs> or like a lack of motivation. They are prompted, they're on the website, and then they're like, okay, now what? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so we have a okay, one, one case that you will hear about in, in the webinar if they join is, for example, with a small, simple change, how Seat, the car manufacturer, upgraded conversion with 2,000% wow. just by thinking on a different prompt strategy. And um, another uh, lovely case about prompts, which I can explain. It's in Holland, we have Bol.com. That's basically our Amazon. And um, this campaign, uh, Joris uh, did, and he won the first CRO award in the, Holland, in the Netherlands, the Conversion Rate Optimization Award, by changing their prompts, how to, get, how to ask for a review, and the number for reviews doubled. So also this case, we will explain how we did, but I think this is a really unique thing in our book because I didn't see blogs somewhere before when we did some research that describes prompt strategies. So that's, that's I think, an outstanding part from our book. Then the next one I think is outstanding, that we learn people to do problem solving. If people don't do what we want them to do, whether it's offline or online, we always think they are not motivated enough to do what we want to do. But actually, according to BJ Fogg and according to our own research, you have to think the other way around. So Fogg's formula is B, is MAP, Motivation Ability Prompt. But if you do problem solving, you go from prompt ability to motivation. Prompt we just talked about, but ability is something really interesting because actually you make your desired behavior easier to do. But because it's easier, often your visitors will be much happier with your website. So it works yeah. two ways. So that's interesting. And um, of course, we know how to boost motivation in the moment just in a moment before making a decision, only this is the hardest part. And also, they are not, there's also not too much written content in an online way that people say, okay, motivation is the hardest part because there's motivational ways. I could wake up and I could be very motivated to work out. And when I see myself in the mirror, I think, boss, you need to work out more. But the same day, I could sit on a terrace in the sunshine 
and think, hmm, I like a beer and a steak. It's conflicting, yeah. but this is how motivation works. So motivation is never on the same level to do something. If something is easy, it always stays easy. Yeah, and, and, and motivation doesn't always... Uh, to me, the, the term motivation um, uh, often seems to mean like, oh, I want to do something. But it doesn't necessarily, in, in this context, doesn't necessarily have to mean that way, the, the exact same thing. The example I usually give is uh, filling in your, your tax papers. Yeah. Almost no one is motivated to do this, probably. Uh, but you are, in, 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 this, in terms of this formula, you are motivated to do it there. Uh, to do it on the website of your yeah. local tax uh, institution, because that's the only way. And it also works with, uh, if you want to buy a product, maybe you're not necessarily motivated to do it at some place, but if that's the only place you can get this product that you want, you are very motivated in that sense to buy it there, because that's the only option you have. Absolutely. And there, the last example is a great example of the scarcity principle, which yep. definitely is in the motivational acts. And I like to say this, Because this is really great stuff what you're talking about, Guido. And also with tax papers, you're not pretty motivated to do so. But if you don't do it, you can get some uh, yep. penalties or pay more interest. And that's the motivator to start exactly. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the, the motivation here is not the carrot, but it's a stick. So we're talking about online uh, persuasion and um, uh, persuading people to, to change their behavior. Uh, you may have heard of uh, The Social Dilemma <laughs> on Netflix. Um, so, so what's your stand in this? I, uh, I don't know if, you, if you've seen it, but you probably know uh, at least what it's about, that, that there's not necessarily a lot of people that like to be influenced, whether it's online or offline. Uh, so what's your stand on, stand on this? I think we're going to talk here about yep. ethics. We also described a chapter about ethical use of this uh, principles in our book and my stand if i answer uh, before i answer your question i will put a general standpoint of view you cannot argue in my opinion whether these principles are ethical or not because it's just scientific research that shows how we make choices i think the outcome and what you do with it is is it ethical yeah. or not we describe six things in our book where Where in our opinion, it's it's a minimal checklist um, that you need to can answer with yes to say it's ethical. And one of that these question is a basic question. For example, is it true what I say? Would I tell this to my father, mother, brother, yeah. or sister? Well, it depends a bit on your relationship with your family, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But yeah. If you have a good relationship, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, <laughs> that, that was the starting point. For yeah. <laughs> But otherwise, you can say your best friend or yeah. <laughs> your partner. <laughs> But then you get again what's your relation? Yes. <laughs> and any person you um, uh, you have in high regard and you would like to be honest with. Exactly. Yeah, that's the best frame. Yeah. <laughs> and of Of course, is it wise, for example? And wise, we mean if this person now does what I ask him to do, would he want to do something for me the next time? The answer is no, probably you shouldn't do this request. Yeah. Now back to your question about the social dilemma. Of course, it's a complicated um, thing. I think as, as these companies, we know they really base their strategies on behavioral science. And if the outcome is you get make people addictive and even 
it goes so further on that people commit suicide. I think you to take your responsibility and do something about it because this could never be the idea behind the first launch of this app. Yeah. The first idea was always to do something good for people. And when it turns from something good because it becomes something bad, I think you have to redesign your ideas. But you, but you say, okay, these, these principles uh, that's just based on science, the, the principles itself are not necessarily uh, good or bad. Uh, but you could also say, okay, but we don't necessarily know how be human behavior works perfectly. Uh, I mean, the, the things we do know, those are, um, maybe we know 5% of it. I don't, I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's 80%. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what, what depends on the on the range, I guess, and the measurement you do. But we don't have a complete uh, picture. I think we can agree on that. We don't have a complete picture on, on, on how human behavior works. Um, so isn't it unethical to start with if you want to try to change that if we don't have the full picture? Yeah, good question. And I think I, yeah, I, I agree with you, especially we, we come to understand more and more of this material, especially with neuroscience now, yeah. of course, they really see what parts of the brain light up and which parts uh, doesn't. So we, we see more and more interesting research, but yeah, I agree with you that, yeah. that, that, But the ethical part is always some gray area, I think, for some yeah. person thinks is it, this is still ethical and another person could argue this is totally unethical already. Tightspec offers a worldwide unique A-B testing, personalization and product recommendation solution. Sidespec works server-side without any tags or scripts, which guarantees an optimal performance. The Sidespec solution eliminates delays and the chance of any flickering effects, and this approach also ensures that the current and future browser security rules like ITP and ETP don't make an impact on your A-B testing and personalizations. For more info, visit sidespec.com. Yeah, that's also an interesting one, right? Right, indeed. It, it, yeah. it depends on your perspective. If, if already, if you think it, if it's ethical or ethical or not, yeah. so that's already making it a, a very difficult uh, discussion. And another thing yeah. to add, I, I always say, people, to, uh, when people tell me, oh, but it's not um, nice to be uh, to do to apply persuasion or something, but it's it's impossible not to do uh, uh, to apply persuasion. You always try to persuade something. The, the person telling me this is trying to persuade me <laughs> to to change my behavior. So, in the way you clothe yourself, the way you look, the way you uh, dress. Uh, the way you communicate anything, it's all persuasion. I completely agree. I often argue, indeed, that almost any conversation we have, there is some goal about this conversation. Yeah, right. We're trying to get people to buy a book now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. to go yeah. to your yeah. webinar. It's all, it's all about persuasion. Join our webinar, we, know. we exactly. don't want to take the money yet. <laughs> no, it's just a free webinar. No, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's, that's the whole point, right? It's It's not necessarily... There's no non-persuasive communication. Uh, I mean, that, that's going to be uh, really hard not uh, uh, to include any persuasion in there. So, especially doing uh, this research online, and, uh, and, and your book is a good example of that, in, in trying to understand the, those those impacts that we do, uh, I think is way more important uh, than just trying to ignore it and then just do whatever. I think I think that's way more riskier, right? And then... In, you try to influence behavior and you you have you don't base it on base it on any research that can have way more uh bigger adverse effects 
then if, if you don't take those into account. Completely agree. And even I, I, I dare to argue that also the person that we want to persuade, if you tell honest information, the receiver of this information will be happy with this information. When I book a hotel and the number of reviews and the reviews are true, I'm happy that I can read them because I can make a better choice. Um, if I want to go to a super nice restaurant and I know this is the last table that I can reserve for this time and this date, and I know this, I'm really happy that I know it. It's yeah. often, scarcity is often used in a false way, Only, but when it's true scarcity, I want to know this because I can make a better choice myself as well. Exactly. Yeah, can I still buy this TV or not? I want to know if it's if it's if it's truly the last one and I really want it. So I, I it also helps people to make better choices and that that's the ethical part. And then it, it's what like we said, it's a gray area. But we we in our book we we describe this and we give six questions as a guideline to the reader. Yeah, I think these six basic guidelines should help people to get win-win situations. And as long as yeah. that's your goal, your client is happy and you can make money or you have a better reputation or what's the outcome for the company or for the other person is, when as long as it stays win-win, these principles work for yeah, everybody. Exactly. Yeah, I think the, uh, the, the biggest issue uh, that people have with it is Maybe even when it's win-win, the, the win for the other party might be much bigger. And uh, and if that's clear, that's fine. But if that's uh, if that's not obvious, if, if people are kept in the dark about what the actual motivations of the other party are, if that's obscured, maybe intentionally so, uh, then that's where people um, find themselves betrayed. Exactly. And then again, we go back to this question already mentioned. Is this wise to present it like this? Because you know you're intentionally are uh, setting up a deal when somebody finds out later that he starts hating you. Yeah. Probably the answer to the question, is it wise to do, should be no. And then we advise people, yeah. go back and redesign your offer. Yeah, probably if, if you uh, want to figure out that, I, I was reading uh, this article about how to handle this uh, with uh, with kids when they're persuaded in, into uh, uh, showing this repeat behavior like uh, hanging on TikTok for hours. Uh, yeah. I'm talking about kids, but my girlfriend do, is doing the same. But, <laughs> um, but it, it helps to to take a person out of that uh, out of that conversation, out of that behavior, and then ask them, okay, what are your what do you want to achieve like this year or with school? Do you want to succeed in school? Yes, I want to succeed. Okay, but then then you need to do your homework or you need to study for something. Yeah, I need to study. Does it help? <laughs> Uh, achieving that goal if you're on TikTok for hours. No, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no, it doesn't. So then you see, and you can do this, of course, also with, with uh, the clients that you have to figure out, are we actually helping them or not? Uh, if they, if, if you take them out of this behavior and would they still actively choose to do so? Uh, do you think that it helps them in that way? And uh, I think that probably has a way uh, bigger effect on the long-term for your long-term success as a company if you actually provide that long-term value than when it's only short-term uh, effects. But I think that the, uh, a big problem there with a lot of companies, and I think with, with Facebook and, and TikTok, and uh, well, of course, those are the famous ones, but I think that's almost at any company that the, the incentives that we all see as employees at a company, those are often short-term incentives, right? I completely agree. Uh, that's also human behavior again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only I know from a true fact, if you have 
a longer run and uh, long it's already if you take something for a year and not only tomorrow a year is pretty sure you can do outstand you can bring outstandingly more success for your company then you only think what will happen tomorrow let's argue and then a year is quite short yeah. i want to add something here because it just pops up in my mind you mentioned mm-hmm. these uh, big companies facebook tiktok uh, you know the netflix amazon and often people think ah this material is only for them they have the budgets they can hire all these smart people and they have these big teams and actually i want to say to all the listeners, uh, that's not true. Because in our book, we describe such simple changes that is sometimes even costly and otherwise is at a really small budget with huge outcome. From Cialdini, they know, he knows uh, names it a small big, so a small change, big outcome. And actually, I want to, this is what I like to get, share with the listeners. Everybody who understands this material can upgrade their success whether you have a big budget or a small budget uh, there, there are a lot of practical examples right in the in the book so uh, you can you can apply this and, and is it also meant as, as like a, a guidebook uh, um, I mean we already discussed people are just just reading through the whole book can I also just uh, is it also like meant for to be on my desk the whole time uh, uh, and I oh hey I'm currently designing this let's go to the book is, is it yeah, great useful question, for Dito, thanks for asking it because the answer is clearly yes we want to re- write a book uh, that you can have on your desk and this is how it built we go from these access just like we talked about then we have a chapter about choice architecture and then probably the last 30% of the book is only practical application so you can go to a chapter how to design email advertising how to design a display ad or how to design a landing page or a checkout page and you get advice and completely at the end of the book we have a checklist that I checked all these questions and we have a list with ideation prompts so ask yourself these questions to inspire yourself to make your next campaign better so definitely yes a book what what we would like that you put on your yeah. desk and, and use it on a daily basis. My final question uh, on the on the book itself. Um, I, I assume there's no section on buying behavior during pandemics. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but if you if you if you would add a chapter uh, uh, on that specific uh, topic uh, for businesses preparing uh, maybe for the upcoming holiday season uh, during this uh, this uh, uh, pandemic, what would you write uh, for them? What would you advise them? During a pandemic, it's a good question. What would I advise? Of course, it's a little bit um, different advice to the industry you are, because at the moment, if you are a restaurant or a travel agency, I will give you a different advice than uh, probably the industry where I came from, the kitchen industry, because... This industry is growing rapidly, actually, because everybody is at yep. home. So um, different advice. I would um, certainly advise them a way of persuasion to have the right communication with their employees and their clients and make the ability, also focus there on the ability, make the ability to stay in touch and to let your clients approach you and let your People approach your clients, um, design this, and also an ability, what I think, but I think most companies already done, make sure your employees who work now from home have a 
good ability to do their work from home. That's probably the best advice I can give at the moment to uh, to a lot of companies. Yeah, and especially now that that things uh, seem to take on a bit longer than uh, than we uh, may have expected in the beginning, you can say, okay, for for three months we can all make make it work. Yeah. Um, but if it takes a long time, then uh, frustrations might uh, uh, might rise, uh, uh, and and things get uh, yeah, you get frustrated with uh, things faster. Maybe uh, now that you're uh, working from a distance, uh, maybe it it can be discussion itself. It can also be the chair you're sitting on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That, um, that's that's are things that increase the ability because in the beginning you can boost yourself, so you are motivated to all day sit in your home office. But now it's running for months, and I think uh, com- still I hear people talking. Ah, I doubt whether are people working as hard from home. And then again, they go back to the motivational impact. Make it the ability for your employees to work from home really high, and they will see better results. That will be a behavior design advice that I will give them during this pandemic. So uh, the the webinar will be an, uh, on the 28th, right? October 28th. Uh, where do people go to subscribe? It's on October 28th, 7 p.m. Amsterdam time. Uh, that means 1 p.m. New York time. Mm-hmm. Um, they go to onlineinfluence.com slash webinar. And again, it's free, right? It's free. 100% free. No strings attached. And you get full access uh, to a lot of business cases, to Robert Cialdini, we will do an online influence quiz. If you win this quiz, you get to answer your personal question to Dr. Cialdini himself. So <laughs> it will be a, a lot of celebration moments. If it's my suggestion for the question will be, uh, what's persuasion principle number eight? I want to know. Bas, thank you so much. If if people already think, hey, maybe this book is uh, something for me, and I already want to buy the book, uh, where do they go? Go also to onlineinfluence.com yeah. slash book or just go to onlineinfluence.com and see in the navigation the book we'll have the links. Button. Perfect. And we'll also have the add these uh, links, of course, to the show notes of uh, of this uh, podcast. Um, one of my final questions for, for you, uh, uh, Bas. Um, what does an insight, uh, maybe uh, also created or, uh, during the process of, of writing this book, what's an insight that you think uh, you may have that you uh, think others in or outside zero uh, may not have. Um, I already told it one time uh, during this podcast, but I think a big insight um, should be people don't do what you want them to do. Don't first start to boost motivation. First check your prompts, then check can we make it easier for the visitor to do and as last think on motivation. Yeah, so first you need to figure out where they're actually getting stuck. Yes. Uh, and, and not necessarily where, but also why. Where and why are they going to... Is there something in the moment that we want to that want a person to do a certain behavior? Is there a prompt that asks for this behavior? Yeah. And, and often if you ask that basic question, and then the second question is, is this the best prompt strategy? If you ask those two questions, you can already often increase conversions uh, and quite easily and costly. Uh, cost-effectively. Cost-effectively, yeah. <laughs> um, and and uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Bas. And uh, my final question uh, for you, I have a feeling who you're going to suggest, but um, uh, who should I invite for the upcoming and uh, an upcoming uh, Zero Cafe? 
episodes and um, what should I what should I ask them? Uh, that's an easy one, of course, Guido. <laughs> that will be Robert Cialdini, and you have to ask him about his eight principles. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, actually, boss, I, I've heard you are uh, uh, very well trained in uh, persuasive principles, so. I assume you you will be able to persuade him to come on the on the podcast. I'm going definitely ask it for you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, boss. Thank you so much uh, for uh, for joining me on the on the podcast. Uh, we'll definitely uh, check it out. Uh, we'll subscribe to the webinar. I hope to uh, hope to see you there, and uh, maybe we'll figure out uh, what the uh, eighth principle is going to be. <laughs> That will be great. <laughs> thank you for uh, being here, Guido. It was lovely again uh, speaking with you. Talk to you soon, boss. Bye bye. And this concludes Season 2, Episode 42 of the Shiro Cafe Podcast with Bas Wouters from the Online Influence Institute. Make sure to subscribe to their free webinar on onlineinfluence.com and please share this episode with your colleagues if you like the content, especially when you think your website can use a bit more persuasion. Next Monday, I talk with Sumanta Sankaranarayana, who works as a Senior Conversion Rate Optimization Manager at the multinational cybersecurity and antivirus provider Kaspersky. 